Hey, it's Jason McKenzie with Building Wealth Now. You're going to want to listen to this podcast episode. It's going to knock your socks off. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Jason Kokenzi with Building Wealth Now. I am excited about today's podcast. I just want to welcome all of you guests and visitors who are, who are listening to the podcast, maybe for the first or second time. We want to uh, just welcome you specifically. And uh, hey, there's a subscribe button right there. So make sure you go ahead and click subscribe and like. And we have an awesome, awesome podcast. It's a special edition episode uh, with Brian Rogers. I'll tell you a little bit more about him in just a second, but I also want to make sure that I welcome all of you normal subscribers who keep coming back. You guys are in for a treat today um, with a very special podcast that we've got going on for you. And we're obviously today not just doing the podcast, but we're also doing it live video feed too as well. So we're looking forward to being able to share this with you guys. And um, I'm just excited. I got to meet Brian here in person. I I think it was about five years ago. We met in a coffee shop. We're talking some business, different things, uh, and just got to really enjoy who he was and his passion for entrepreneurship, even at the time. And since then, uh, he's done a bunch of things, which is cool because he's he's a kind of a man after my own heart. I always got my hand in something business related. And I feel like that's who he is as well. Um, he's out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, that's where I actually met him when I lived in Denver. Um, and so many of you know that I now live in Atlanta, uh, Georgia, but um, I'm excited to introduce you to Brian today. Uh, he is the, the owner of several companies. And one of the things I'm specifically excited about that uh, I just kind of got more details about here just here recently um, is about his foundation called the Next Thing Smoking Foundation. I'm going to have him certainly give some details, but he has also an awesome company called Fool's Gold Plant-Based Barbecue. And uh, this is kind of the, the trail that I've been following for the last uh, little bit, probably about a year, a little more, maybe a little more years of just his, his some of his journey of his life choices. Uh, and he has, some, he has a pretty cool story about that, but I'm going to, I'm going to give him some time uh, just to kind of give his story of why he started these, what happened in his life, what mindset. And then I know this is an entrepreneur's class. This is about uh, building online businesses to make residual income and to retire early. And I know that's a lot of what you guys want to do. Um, but we, we like having all types of different entrepreneurs on here. And Brian's got some pretty cool things that I think are going to in inspire you. I know they will do that. But also to make you think differently about business too. And uh, I am a person, obviously, I always teach you guys, you to be a philomath, to continually learn, never stop learning. And I think some of the things that Brian's going to teach you today are going to help motivate you with that world of, of entrepreneurship. So, Brian, man, thanks for coming on here today. Oh, my I've goodness. Thanks for that introduction. Why don't, I'm, I hope I can live up to that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I think you're going to, I think you're going to be able to. I've, I've, like I said, I've been watching you for a little bit here yeah. uh, and just watching your story develop. And I don't see all the things, but just the things that I see. You know, I know, you know, in the social media, the world that we live in, I know a lot of people typically post the highlights of life. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about those today, but I don't, please, th this is entrepreneurs that know the grind yes. that there is also struggle. And so please, by all means, even though I know that's not necessarily the things that you're posting online, and I get that, yeah. I think the majority of the audience gets that too. 
let me know about those struggles. And, and then we're going to ask some questions about the successes and struggles here in a little bit. Yeah. But I just wanted to give you a few minutes to just jump on here. Tell us who you are. Sure. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your choices that you made to come where you're at. Tell us about your business. And uh, yeah, just fill in the blanks there for us. Oh, my goodness. So we'll do a quick snapshot because, you know, you can go out online and learn all the good stuff. But the struggles that really we could talk for hours about the struggles. There's a lot more of those than there are successes for sure. So and I do, I try to post the struggles online too, because I'm not a huge social media guy, although I have a nice following and people, I don't, I try not to read too much into it. Like you just said, you know what I mean? Sometimes, but it's a very powerful tool. Um, a little bit about me. Wow. Um, so I've been, I was born and raised in Kansas city, Missouri, home of the Kansas city chiefs, uh, and Kansas city barbecue and, uh, born and raised in Kansas city, Missouri, and pretty much you know, um, grew up there, an average kid, average overweight kid, uh, really good baseball player. I ended up going to, to, to Florida International on a baseball scholarship, uh, so played college baseball. Uh, and along the way, I, I, we don't have a lot of time on this, but I've got some interesting stories about how I actually, I was, I was a programmer for 25 years, still am. I'm one of the, I'm, I'm a high-level coder. I know 95% of all computer languages out there. I think that's how you and I actually originally met. Uh, and I do, I've done a lot of startup. I've had a lot of success. I sold a company to Yahoo back in 2003. Uh, I most recently sold a company to Experian, the credit bureau, in 2018, uh, some code that I wrote. Um, so I've had a lot of success in business. But the way I became a, um, a coder was I was going to college at Florida International to be a baseball player. And I was maybe a C student in high school. I hope my son's not listening to this, right? And uh, <laughs> And uh, I showed up to play baseball, and that's really all I kind of knew that I wanted to do in life. And um, I went to Miami, and I showed up, and my counselor came in, and he said, Brian, you know, it was a mandatory meeting. All I wanted to do was go out and play with my friends and party or whatever I was doing at that time, right? And that's many years ago. And uh, he said, what's your major? And I said, I have no idea. I'm here to play baseball today. I'm here to play baseball. I don't know what my major is. Like, what is it? And he's like, I don't know if it was the day or if it was me or if it was the climb, I don't know what it was that day, but my life changed that day. It really did because he said, you know what? I am so sick and tired of you athletes coming in here thinking you could just come here to play baseball. I'm so sick of this. I'm done with this. He, took, he picked up the course catalog and he walked out his door and he threw the course, you know those old course catalogs they used to have like with the like magazine paper and stuff? He took up the course catalog, he threw it at me as hard as he could and it went flailing at me and like I was sitting on this like giant chair in his corner and it landed me. He's like, I'm leaving and when I get back, you better tell me what your major is. And so he started walking out the door and me being the 19 year old stupid kid that I was, I didn't want to stay there. So I picked up the course catalog, I opened it up to the first thing I saw and it was computer information system, CIS. And I took the course catalog, I was like, hey, I'm a CIS major, and I threw the course catalog back at him. Got up, walked out, never even turned a computer on in my life at that point. I was through high school, never turned a computer on, didn't know what it meant. And it's one of those things, like, I'm not, you know, I'm, a, I'm of Christian faith, I, I don't care what you believe, if you believe in God, or what do you believe in, there was a higher power working that day, right? And so that was the turning point in my life. I started going to class, I learned how to write code, I was really good at it, and it just was how my brain was wired. And, uh, and I went on to a hugely successful career. But the reason that's important is because of this podcast, right? So um, I learned a skill I was able to get through, and I was able to retire in 2003, uh, shortly after writing a very successful program for Yahoo. 
Um, and so I thought that was it, right? It was over. I'm done. I retired. I had all this money. Everything's great. Uh, but then I got bored. I'm like, okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? And so I went on a string of uh, a lot of businesses, a lot of success. Um, but along the way, my side hustle was always barbecue, right? I had been, I've been cooking professional barbecue as a side hustle for 30 years and um, being from Kansas City. And, uh, and that's what I ate. That's what I always ate. Like in my, in my regular private life, I ate barbecue. I ate ribs and chicken and pulled pork and all that stuff. And um, in 2018, I had the opportunity. I came up, well, actually in 2016, I came up with this idea that um, for Experian, for the credit bureau, it's, it's a, a code, a piece of code that I wrote that they bought from me. So I was able to retire again in 2018. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? I've had all this success in business. I've, I've, I've got these skills. I don't really want to write another piece of code in my life. I have, I've been married for 25 years. I've had great success in my personal life. And of course, there's struggles. You've been married, you know, we, when you're married a long time, there's struggles and things like that. But a lot of success in business and sports. And I looked in the mirror and I'm like, you know, you're... I don't like what I see. Like I was 310 pounds. I had sat, and when you met me, I was probably about 300 pounds, uh, I believe. If we met four or five years ago, I was probably around that 300 pound. Like, yeah, you, I carried you, myself well, but I was yeah. a big dude, right? Yeah, you, you, you look fantastic. So that's yeah, a and good so thing. You I lost looked in the mirror and I'm like, <laughs> you, and I don't want to take up all the time because I want you to ask questions. I just want to lay the background for you and then, I, then I'll shut up for a minute. But, um, just so you can kind of get to like where I am now. And so I was like, you just, this is terrible, right? And so I dropped everything. I, I, I was invested, I'm still invested in over 20 small companies. I sit on small business boards and I called several of my partners and connections and I said, okay, guys, I don't want you to call me for six months. I'm not gonna be available for e by email for six months. I'm not gonna do anything for the next six months except figure out how I got here, right? And um, so we had to change insurance plans when we moved to Colorado. And so I went for a checkup. I hadn't been to the doctor in 17 years and I knew it was going to be bad. Like I knew it was going to be like, I knew I was 310 pounds, but what I didn't know was when I got there, he ran tests and I had liver disease. I was diagnosed with uh, liver disease. I was, di I was already on blood pressure medicine because a doctor friend of ours gave me blood pressure medicine for 16 years without ever seeing me, which is not good. Right. Um, I ended up in the emergency. I had severe hypertension, dyspladenia, which is crazy high triglycerides. I had buffalo hump. So we're in Colorado, you know, buffalo. I actually had a hump like a buffalo in the back of, I got so fat that my fat things were growing on the back of my thing. And I looked like, that's why buffaloes look like that. They had these fat buildups. Um, I had sleep apnea. I was snoring so loud at one point that I woke my son up across our house. Uh, and we live in a big house. We lived in a big house, right? Um, and it was bad and I was sweating all the time and I was very sick. And so, um, so I decided, you know, I came up with this really genius, like us entrepreneurs do when we start, get onto something, we start researching like what we're going to do. Right. And although I've never taken any shortcuts in my entire life, I got this really brainy idea that, you know what, I'm just going to go get gastric bypass surgery, right? I'm just going to go get gastric bypass surgery. This is going to take care of all my problems, solve all my worries. That's just it, right? And my wife was horrified. My doctor was horrified. But they referred me to the gastric bypass surgeon. And again, I had never taken a shortcut in anything I've ever done my entire life. There are 
fun business shortcuts and things like that. But when you really want to be hugely successful, you may take some short, you may think you're taking some shortcuts, but you're actually putting in the work, right? You have to actually do it. Um, and so I went to the gastric bypass surgeon. He told me how they were going to kind of PVC pipe my stomach, how they're going to cut on me, how I may lose all my hair. Uh, and I'm not putting down anybody that does this. I mean, I know it's right for some people. Um, and, he, and he started telling me, oh, you may die uh, and, and all this stuff. And then he said it. He said, my trigger. Like everybody has a trigger for like why they start doing something. He's like, oh, and your taste buds are going to change and you're probably not going to like barbecue anymore. I was like, oh no, forget that. Like, no, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I can die. You know, I may like have a heart attack and all this stuff, but I'm not giving up barbecue. I'm sorry. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And I go, something I always say, I said, honey, we're out of here on the next thing smoking, which is the name of my foundation now. And so we left the doctor's office and the next morning after crying all night, not knowing what I was going to do with my wife, I said, you know what, the one, I've tried every diet in the world. I've tried all this stuff. One thing I've never done is, is tried just plant-based or vegan, right? And I'm not really vegan. I'm plant-based. I said, I've never tried that, but I'm not willing to give up barbecue. So I went to work the next day, modified all my barbecue recipes. I invented pretty much plant-based barbecue and my results uh, now, this is, I'm only, this is only two years later now, um, I lost 140 pounds. I reversed six life-threatening diseases. I no longer have liver disease, hypertension, sleep apnea. I'm on no medicine. I weigh 165 pounds now. Best shape of my life. And boom, that's where I'm at. So that's a background of my story. And um, there's a lot kind of packed into that. But, uh, but that's where I am now. That's why I'm, not, that's why I'm sitting here, not 300 pounds and uh, in my kitchen, because now I teach others how to make the same kind of decisions. So that's where I'm at. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I appreciate that story, and I, mm -hmm. I appreciate your perspective. Uh, I'm, I'm a health nut, too. I'm a biohacker myself, yeah. and so these little things here, I, I, I'm a pescatarian myself, so I, I understand the making those healthy, healthy choices, and it's a conscious thing, and it's an activity, which I love, because you know, if you, if you want to change your health, you have to make active choices. And it's the same thing with business. If you want a business to grow, it's about activity. It's not just, uh, you know, it's not, you just think it and happens. I and mean, there's activity that goes along. Um, so just tell us a little bit about, um, uh, fool's gold, uh, plant-based barbecue. Uh, you created that from scratch, obviously. Um, what inspired you to, to make that and to, I mean, from what I'm seeing, it's not a small business anymore. It's a, it's a decent size, it's a decent size company. Yeah. So I think, um, for anything, for any business, you're going to be successful. And number one, you, you got to have the passion. You got to like want to do it. It can't just be about the money. I could care less about money. Money's like 10th or 11th on my list. It's easy to say when you have it, I understand that. I understand that. But even when I didn't, it doesn't matter. Money it can't be just, I'm just going to do this just because I want to make some money. You got to believe in it. Um, but what inspired me with Fool's Gold? I mean, why would anybody, why would you want to create a barbecue sauce? I mean, I, I, if an entrepreneur came to me and said, I got this really good idea, Brian, I'm going to create a barbecue and a hot sauce business. I'm like, that's the stupidest idea. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You don't want to do that, right? I wouldn't really say that to an entrepreneur. If there was a, if somebody just said, I'm going to create a barbecue sauce or a sauce or whatever. I mean, it's a hugely competitive business. You don't, it's not something you just want to like jump into blindly. So what inspired me was, uh, when you're, when you're in, 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 the, in the war of business or in the war of losing weight or, or just in this battle, right, um, 
you're going to have major obstacles. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have anxiety. It's how you deal with, I think, those setbacks that are the key to, to how you're going to come out on the other side, right? Are you going to quit? Is it going to like stress you so bad that you're going to get sick? Is you go, you know, all these things, it's kind of how you deal with it. And one of the things that I found out um, during my heavy weight loss, because I lost 120 pounds in six months, six months. Uh, so one of the things I found out was um, you have to come up with some other things other than your daily routine to deal with the anxiety of new stuff, like even a new business, right? When you're in a new business and you're uncomfortable, you got to figure out like other things to do to take your mind off of just for a minute, a couple minutes, a few minutes, whatever. And I came up with this idea, you know what? I'm just going to start another business, just what I need, 20 more businesses, right? And so um, I came up with this idea that I, was, that I couldn't find a healthy barbecue sauce on the market, like that was plant-based, that showed other people how to do plant-based barbecue, not just the ingredients, but also how to actually like make sweet potato burn-ins instead of brisket burn-ins, right? Is it the same? No. Like, would I rather have brisket burn-ins? Yes. Is, is sweet potato burn-ins healthier than brisket burn-ins? Yes. So it's all about decisions. So as a kind of a side thing, I was like, you know what, I'm going to develop a barbecue sauce and a brand. I'm going to call it Fool's Gold. The reason I called it Fool's Gold was I was basically making fun of myself. Like, this is the stupidest. I was telling myself what I told you I'd tell entrepreneurs. This is the stupidest thing you could ever. Like, I, I'm a world-class programmer, arguably one of the best fintech programmers in the country, proven by my results, right? And here I am wanting to start a barbecue sauce business. Well, because, but what it did was it, it helped me take my mind off of like what I was doing daily and, but still be tuned in to what I was trying to accomplish. And I think that's a huge lesson because you don't want to just, so many people just try to disconnect from what their business is that they're trying to, to build. And I think that's really hard for me. Like I, I try to disconnect, but I try to kind of stay connected in a way like I'm working on another business, barbecue sauce, but I know the ultimate goal is for me to lose weight, right? And so that's how Fool's Gold got started. And, um, and it started as a very small company. It started just for me and my wife and some family and some friends. And um, like I've done with every other business, it, it, it just, it got completely out of control. You know, it just, when you're passionate about something, it's easy to sell something. You know what I mean? Like when people see results, it's easy to sell something. I mean, when I, when I used to do consulting, when you tell somebody you've sold a business, a co two companies for over $25 million each, it's easy to get consulting clients, right? Because you're showing them results, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, hard, it's not bragging. It's just saying, here's my results, you know, because some of it, some people can, can do that without actually having the results. Like, oh, I made $1,000 this month. You could make $1,000 a month. Well, that doesn't really translate, right? So I think it's all about showing results. And, um, and so that's how Fold's Goal got started. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so you've been, so it's been officially around for two years. Mm -hmm. um, there's obviously a lot of successes. Uh, you know, so this audience here, there, there's a lot of people out there that are wanting to start a business, but most of them have, for lack of better words, it's, it's a paralysis by analysis of jumping yeah. into business. And, you know, you and I are a lot alike of that we've gone through the risk in multiple other businesses. So we still recognize there's risk, but it's not as effective on our mindset anymore. We just, we just jump into, it. we go to the research yeah. and we like realize, we realize that we might lose money time. Uh, there might be some blood, sweat and tears when all of a sudden done, but we also know that nothing will move forward unless we do take those risks. So 
this is a multiple of your business. I mean, you've had a, tons of different businesses, but the, obviously there's a history of lessons that you have learned. But even as an entrepreneur who's run many, many businesses, there's obviously struggles with these businesses that you're yeah. currently running. So kind of give me a little bit about that, that the struggles, the mindset that even as a seasoned entrepreneur, you still struggle. I mean, let's just yeah. be honest. I struggle, you struggle. So kind of give me a little bit of insight as far as, as a seasoned entrepreneur, the struggles and the mindset that you, you use to deal with those. Yeah, I think, well, you said it like three times already, which is my number one principle and it's action. Um, you have to take action and you have to take massive action. I mean, that's the key to everything. Now, the problem that most people have with that is there's so many choices, there's so many ideas, there's so many things that look good, there's so many things that sound good. There's so many things out there and I'm a huge education person. I know you're a huge education person, but at some point you have to turn that off and you have to take what you have. Cause almost everybody that you and I deal with have the ability, have an idea in them already that could be hugely successful. They don't need another one, right? I mean, most of the people I know, even my friends that are, are still working jobs and stuff, they already have the idea in them, but yet they want to generate more ideas every time they see me. And I always tell them, no more ideas, man. And, and I, again, I say this like with kid gloves, you know what I mean? Because like, I, it's, this is real stuff. Like this is real talk right here because it's like, Brian, are you saying that I shouldn't go read any more books or I shouldn't go, you know, online and do some more? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying right now. Like if you're already in business, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have the idea already in you. Let's, Give it, you know, I, I call it the, I, this is the thing I always teach is I call it red box thinking. It's the red box thinking method. I always apply it to everything that I do. Can I, and my number is that I've mentioned 25 million earlier. That's my number, 25 million. Can I build a business within two to four years and sell it for $25 million in two to four years? Can I do that? Is this a red box opportunity? Because I'm not a 50 billion type dollar guy. Like I sold a company to Experian, who's probably going to make it into a billion dollar company, but I don't need a billion. Like that's not, I, I don't, I'm not willing to put in the sacrifice to have a thousand employees and to have, you know, multiple um, offices and things like that. I'm good with my $25 million cut and I'm on to the next thing, like slinging some barbecue sauce. Right. <laughs> so it's action. And it's also that small time frame. The reason it's red box thinking is, I mean, think about red box. They knew they had a window of opportunity in that short time period to where they could put Redbox was on every other corner, right? For a while, they knew streaming was coming and they knew what was going on. They're still a big business, but they, they do that thinking. They're like, okay, how can we crush it in the next two years? And then they go all out sprint for two years on it. And so that's what I always tell small business owners. Are you willing to all out sprint on this idea? And don't come to me with another idea for two years. Are you willing to put that, two years or one year or six months, whatever it is into it. And don't, don't research any more ideas for that two years, unless it's specifically related to how you're going to move that idea or that business forward. And I know that's strange to say on like a, a business call, but it's, I, I can't, I can't like my main business partner all the time is brainstorming ideas. And I'm like, don't just don't, don't even, I don't, I don't even want to hear it. Like until these, this list right here that I have, here's my, this is my list for today. Until that list right there is done, like idea generation is right there, right now, right at the bottom. Oh, wait, it's not even on the page today, right? <laughs> so no. that's really, I think that's a huge key 
Um, if you don't have an idea, that's a different story, but then I would reevaluate, like, is this really right for you if you don't? You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that you say that because yeah. I, I call that the idea of the month club and in some cases, yeah. the idea of the day club. And I think entrepreneurs, uh, you know, a lot of times they do come up with a lot of ideas and it's not that they're bad ideas, but mm. if they don't focus, like you said, there's no point in having. And so I, I use the, the quote and I've seen multiple people who've quoted this. So I don't actually know the original source of who said it, but you know, it basically is whoever chases two rabbits catches neither. Um, right. and, and that's an, such an important thing in, in business that you can't, you can't, build a business with trying to do 75 things at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it kind of goes along with the philosophy. I've, I hear this, this, this philosophy front. In fact, I made a whole podcast episode just on this where they say the average millionaire has seven sources of income. Sure. But you know, what they don't say is that that millionaire didn't work on all seven sources of income at the same time, right? <laughs> right? They focused on one. So I really appreciate you to say it because I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there, especially those new ones starting who they're, they're trying to learn social media marketing. They're trying to learn how to do all the world of, of online marketing, but they're forgetting marketing locally. They're forgetting marketing, you know, on, on a national scale outside of the internet. And all these things have value depending on what your business model is. And they're all important. Oh, you, I have a perfect example of that. If you, if, if you want one, what you just said. So I, I, I have the money to hire all these social media people and do all this stuff. I don't do it. I do my own because I want people, I don't, I want it to be authentic. Number one, I don't want to spend my time like for somebody like explaining to somebody like how I talk, how I look, how I feel, what I like, what I don't like. I mean, like, what am I dating again? Right? Like, what are you trying to learn everything about me? Right? Like, cause that's what a social media manager, if they're going to be good has to do. Right. And there's all these automated programs and stuff. I had, I like, I'm getting ready to be interviewed for this giant YouTube, um, entrepreneur that ever, if you're on YouTube, you know who this person is. He's a major YouTube trainer guy. And, um, and he, he said to me like, okay, Brian, you have to have like this equipment and I have nice equipment and stuff now, but I started on January 1st on YouTube, right? January 1st this year on YouTube. And they were telling me, go through these courses, go get this stuff. Go get, I'm like, you know what? I have a phone in my hand. I'm going to turn on phone. I'm going to cook because people, I'm going to, cook with my phone. It's going to suck. I know that. Right. But if I can get like a hundred people to follow me, then maybe it's something that I can build on. Right. And so I did it. I did with the phone. I started, I have 8,000 subscribers on YouTube now. And that like, it's not a million, but I'm in like this little niche. And I don't know that many people that have started from scratch with 8,000. I, I mean, millions of views, but I'm not, I don't care how many views I get, whatever those subscribers, people that click subscribe button, that's a whole, that's a whole different thing on YouTube. Like subscribers are tough on YouTube, right? To get somebody to actually say, I'll subscribe. Most people just want to look at your videos, right? So I started from scratch, but what I did was, you know, blocked out all that noise and said, phone on, cook, right? It's that simple sometimes, right? Like I want to write a book. Okay, write an article, right? I mean, don't write a book, write an article or turn on your phone and record a, the table of contents or whatever, like chunk it, you know, chunk it. So yeah. that, that's that the YouTube thing's a perfect, cause all these gurus wanted me to go learn all this stuff. And then after I did it, now they want to interview me and say, well, tell all my audience what you did. And you know what I told them? I, I warned them ahead of time. I said, I'm going to tell your audience that I didn't take any courses and I didn't go through your course. 
that I didn't do all this stuff, that I turned on my phone and I, I did it. I didn't hire a social. He's like, well, but you must use analytics and you must use uh, some software. What are you? I was like, I, I, I went to YouTube. I clicked record. I turned on the phone. I had a, already an idea of what I wanted to teach. And I said to myself, okay, if I turn it on and it sucks and nobody's listens, then I'll come up with another idea, right? But, and so he's like, okay, that's great. Teach it. And so the guru finally said, okay, well, all right, let's teach it, right? Because you can't deny when you start and you're successful at something from scratch, it's like they want you to give you some secret, like there are no secrets, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you're smart. You know probably a thousand more things than I do about probably a million more things than I do about a million different topics, right? Yeah. But it's not, it's just about like doing it, like doing it, get passionate about something and do it right now. You know, don't wait. If it's weight loss, especially like mm -hmm. you can't like read another article on what diet you might go on. Use some common sense. Like see that big steak in front of you probably don't eat that tomorrow. Yeah. Common sense. Right. Yeah. I love that. I, I often say to the people I get to talk to, I said, don't focus on the results, focus on the behaviors, because if you're yes. focusing on the behaviors, the results will come. And um, I, I'm not in the health world as far as I don't coach, teach or anything, but I am into big in health. And one of the things I use as an illustration because it works so much for business is that, listen, if you want to lose weight, you can't jump on the scale every day because there's going to be frustrating days where you actually gain a pound <laughs> and you're doing everything right. It's just that it takes time and it takes those behaviors. And it's the same thing within business. It, you know, sometimes those income producing behaviors don't make the result that you're looking for right then. But if you keep producing them and, and I agree with you, I don't take classes. I learn yeah, I don't either. trial and error. Um, and I think that's, you know, everyone want to go do these courses. And, and the, the, the thing is what people need to know, and this is such a good point. I don't, I think I've ever talked about this on a podcast. I like that you talk about this, but a lot of these courses are 101 courses ultimately to sell you the second course and the third course. The first course is, is simple stuff. So if you guys are listening, I think the thing that is super powerful, what he says is don't expect it to be incredible at the beginning. It never is. Just go take action. I love that. I love that. I love yeah. that. That's good. I'm the same way. I've never talked about that on a podcast either. So this is the first for me too, because telling somebody to not learn, that's not really what we're saying, but it's, but it's a, right. good, a good thing. Yeah. Right. You're, you're going to learn as you go, but if you wait yeah. for everybody else to teach you, you're going to be waiting forever because you it's going to be that one thing that you're going to be like, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a man of faith as well. I'm a Christian. I, yeah. I, I have my own beatitude that I created a few years ago and it's blessed are the flexible for they not, they won't be broken. Um, and ultimately that's what business is, is that we adjust when, a, when an uh, objection or an obstruction comes in business, we adjust and we don't stop. We adjust. And, yeah. and that's what really makes the entrepreneurs successful compared to those is they adjust when obstacles come. So I had a huge blow up on a, uh, I, it wasn't really, it was a good blow up, but it was this thing that I'm usually not in the center, center of controversy because I'm like a fairly like middle of the road. I don't care if you're vegan. I don't care if you eat stay. I don't care about any of that. But now that I've had like a lot of vegans, a lot of stuff follow me, I got on this famous doctor's podcast and they had 600,000 people list. It was a, not a podcast. It was a, 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 a interview, a radio thing, right? That was saying. And I said, uh, cause I'm not a doctor or a health coach either. Like I can tell you how I lost 140 pounds, but I, I don't like, I don't even like medicine. Like I don't, I don't like medicine. I don't enjoy it. Right. 
And I said, they're like, well, Brian, there has to be more to it. And I'm like, no common sense. I started walking. I stopped eating like what it wasn't. And they're like, well, how'd you know when to eat? And I said, God told me when to eat. And it was like, it blew up, right? I'm like, I ate when God told me to eat. And it was like this huge like thing, right? And they're like, oh, you can't, you know, do that, whatever. I'm like, I didn't say who my God was. I just said, God told me when to eat, right? I mean, and, and, he, and I've never had like, I have a lot of friends. I'm very, I'm a very, uh, I have a lot of faith. I'm a very religious person, but I'm a common sense religious person. I've never, like, I can, can never say I've experienced, like, my God talking to me or anything like that, but there's little things that happen along the way, you know, that, and that, that was one of them, but it's the truth. Like, I'm like, common sense. Here's the thing. Like, people start with me, like, I can't ever go vegan. I'm like, okay, well, what do you eat now? Well, I eat triple cheeseburgers. Okay. Well, let's apply some common sense to this, right? Okay. So if you have a triple cheeseburger and a single cheeseburger, which one in your common sense do you think is better for you to eat? I mean, Jason, if, if I asked you the question, Jason, is a triple cheeseburger better for you or a single burger? Yeah. Which one is better for you? So totally I mean, it's single. common sense, right? Yeah. Like it's common sense. Like you don't have to go learn anything to do that. Yeah. Like you don't have to go like, I need to go read five books to see if a single cheeseburger is better for me than a triple cheeseburger. It's the same thing in business. Like, you know, is, do you think it might be better for me to take this meeting that's going to have, I mean, it's, it's might be a bad example. There's always, two, you always have to give yourself two choices and make a common sense choice. Like on this call today, Jason, like even when you and I decide to do a, a podcast with each other, right? We're both making choices. Is, is this guy, is this Brian plant-based barbecue guy worth getting on my show versus whatever else the other choice was, there's always an alternative, right? And the same thing on my end. Is it worth going on Jason's show or is there something else that I need to do or does it need to be planned out further or whatever? It's always about like putting yourself in a good position with choices and making the best choice that you can put in front of you. Now, it doesn't just mean like putting two choices of anything in front of you. It means always trying to focus on giving yourself better choices, like getting, knowing that, knowing more people that you might want to be influenced by or influence and always putting two, like two or three people in front of you. It's like the old dating app that Mark Zuckerberg did before Facebook, right? I think it was called hot or not. Like it was where you put two girls in front of you. Right. And like, no, nah, I'm, she's not hot enough for me. And then it puts another girl in front of you. No, nah, she's not hot enough. You know what I mean? Like which podcast should I get on? Well, I'm sorry. I got to get on that podcast. And then another one shows up. Well, I'm going to get on that podcast. It's always about like, making the better choice in business, in life, in health, in relationships, doesn't matter. Common sense, make the best choice. Yeah, I love that. No, and you're yeah. right. And I think a lot of times people just, sometimes it's just making a choice. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and, and entrepreneurs have to be okay with failure. And sometimes the choice that we make was the, oh, that was actually the bad choice. And that's okay. That's okay. Because totally. if you're not, you're not failing, you're not trying, we, you know, that's the words that we say. And if you're not trying, you're not failing, then you're not going to have success. We just yeah. fail more often than those who don't, you know, don't have success. But uh, as we're wrapping up here, we got a few more minutes left. I, I certainly want to get to the, um, uh, ne the next thing, smoke and foundation here in just a minute and kind of just tell you, tell us what, it, what, what that's all about. I appreciate you so much. There's, guys, there's been little nuggets here. This is definitely worth a podcast to listen to a few different times because uh, I know that, that Brian's rattling these things off because he's done this so many different times. And so these nuggets may not necessarily be as easy for you to pull out because 
you might be just jumping in, but I know that there's seasoned entrepreneurs on here as well that you're like, oh, that's good. That's good. I can apply that to my business. But um, those are powerful things. So guys, definitely take some time to um, listen to this podcast a few times because there's a lot of good things in here um, that, that, that you're, you're telling us. So um, before we talk about the next um, uh, Smoking Thing Foundation, um, you are mostly retail in, in your model, at least from what I can tell. Um, why have you, it, I, this, honestly, Brian, I am totally curious about this myself. And that's yeah. why we've actually had some other discussions based upon this, this topic, but I'm really interested. Why retail? I, I don't necessarily see a huge online presence with you. And I know you said at the very, very beginning, I'm not a social media guy. Maybe that's the reason, but there's a lot of people here that think that, well, online's only the way. We're in 2020, Jason. Have you not seen the things that have been going on right now yeah. that we need to be on online only or mostly online? And I don't see that from you. Maybe I'm just not seeing the right place. I know you are online, yeah. but why have you chosen or at least to see more like a, a retail model? Tell me kind of your thinking because I know there's some mm. things that I feel like I'm going to learn here. Yeah. So um, it's it was a it was a, uh, uh, the strategy that I've taken for Fool's Gold, the idea behind Fool's Gold is to build it and sell it to a larger company. So that's my red box thinking. That's why I separated Fool's Gold from my brand from the next thing smoking. So I made a, a, a definite effort to brand myself as the plant-based barbecue expert, not promote Fool's Gold, the barbecue sauce. So when I started, so I have a Fool's Gold barbecue has kind of a, not a great online presence. I have a, a huge online, I mean, I, huge for a small person. Like I have, you know, I, I have 3000 Instagram followers and, but I, but I don't, I don't use Instagram. I only, I only follow like 10 people. So I don't, it's, I have authority. I have 8,000 um, YouTube subscribers, but for me, not for fool's gold. Fool's gold kind of has its own following. So the strategy, and if you go to like Google right now and say, you know, who's the plant-based barbecue expert, you're going to see huge pictures of me as the plant-based barbecue expert. Google has boxed me in and said, this guy is the plant-based barbecue expert in the world. So I started with that. Like I started with the question of, okay, do I want to sell barbecue sauces or do I want to sell a story and a brand? And it was a story in the brand because um, I said, okay, first thing I need to do is I need to develop the story. I need to develop the brand. I need to be the plant-based barbecue expert in the world because I think it's a, it's a huge lesson that I like to teach everybody is Think about what, you, what you're doing right now and say, can I be the best in the world at that? Like, can you? And so I started thinking about that when I, start, when I developed plant-based barbecue. I said, can I be the best plant-based chef in the world? No. There's going to be so many people that's going to argue with me about that, right? So I looked in my past and said, what about like what I'm trying to do? Can I be the best in the world at? And I was like, plant-based barbecue. Nobody's done that. It's a niche. I think I can develop it. I did. So I focused on just building my brand first the story, which does have a big online presence. And when I get on, and I'm big into like a lot of Facebook groups, like I, when I post to certain Facebook groups, like Forks Over Knives Facebook group, I was featured in Forks Over Knives magazine. So I may post something to my personal Facebook page and I may get, I have a decent following. I may get 50 likes or hundred likes and hundred comments or whatever. When I post the exact same thing to some of the groups where I'm an influencer in, I may get 50,000 likes and 10,000 comments. So many I can't even keep up with. I can only post to certain groups once a week because I can't keep up with it. 
Yeah. No. So, so, I, I, so I've taken this, this interesting strategy of that. And so what I've done was, okay, if I'm the plant-based barbecue expert, people are going to say, okay, well, what's your sauce? What's your brand? Where do I get your sauce? I have, I'm, I'm doing a private, like you mentioned private label earlier. I have a private, I have two private label customers. I have one in New York city, a restaurant in New York city that's going to open called pure grit barbecue. They're opening in New York city in Manhattan and they searched out the plant-based barbecue expert. They said, we need to find out who the plant-based barbecue expert is in the world. They found me. Now, not only did I consult with them, they also private label them. They have a sauce out now, which is called Pure Grit Barbecue. So now I private label to them. I'm actually working on a private label with an iron chef, Michael Simon. I named Michael Simon, who saw me on one of these interviews that I did. So the big point is that I wasn't trying to go out and start a barbecue sauce company. I was going out to develop a story, to develop authority, to develop a brand, and make it make sense for people to ask me, hey, where'd I get your barbecue sauce? Right? Instead of starting the other way around, and it's come in a huge way. So I've had, now I've had distributors call it. So I have multiple distributors that follow me on the magazine or, in, or read my book. I've sold 10,000 copies of this book on Amazon. Mm. So that have read my book and said, wow, like, I, I, we, you know, I live in Atlanta. We have a distributor in Atlanta. We need to have this barbecue sauce in these stores. And so I've got distributor contacts. I've got contacts with Whole Foods, all my, my products in Whole Foods. And the way I did it was not by going filling out applications for retail. The way I did it was building a brand and something different than everybody else. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but if you look at what I've done, I was a programmer two years ago and weighed 300 pounds. Now I'm 165 pounds. I have a completely new look, feel, brand. I have a book that has nothing to do with like my past. It has to do with my past 25 years. I have sauces. I have rubs. I built an entire story around this thing, right? One step at a time. So that, so when you ask the question of like what people see from the outside is not necessarily exactly what's going on, but as they get to know you and kind of get in your, I don't know, your funnel for the lack of a better term. I know funnel's a big word. I have a lot of tentacles out there, a lot of tentacles out there. And it's, you don't know where you're going to get into it. But once you get into my web, it's pretty hard to get out. Right. And then it's just my job to be myself and, and, um, and get people to, to, you know, to like trust and want to do business with me. And that's what I'm good at. So yeah. that's how I did it. So I focused on the brand, the story, not the actual product. I don't look at it as retail product. And as far as numbers online, we do about 200, we get about 200 orders a day online. So approximately 200 orders a day, uh, which is nothing in compared to the distributor, the distributorship, but 200 orders a day is a lot for an online business. Um, so yeah, we've no, done I just over $3 million in sales since that, we started. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I like your perspective. Um, you, you actually do a lot of what I do. I just, I, you just have a different perspective, which I love. So, you know, I, I call this attraction marketing. I don't, and for me yeah. and all my businesses, cause I own several companies myself, Brian, yeah. I, I don't spend one dime on advertising, not yeah. one. I mean, literally not one dime because you say, and I'm guys, this is so important for you guys to understand. Uh, and we say this again, we're going to say some cliche things, but this is how they actually look in real life yes. is that acts tell and stories sell. 
And for those of you who really want to buy a brand, I'm a brand, I, I, do I represent products or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and Brian's not saying he's not representing those products. He's certainly right. is. But ultimately, the thing that is so important for, for everyone to hear is that there is a story. And that's where we say when facts tell and stories sell, that's that story. Because people like to hear a story. If, if you guys want to learn how to better tell a story, one of my favorite books is actually a book that only came out here in the last year. I do not get paid a dime for giving this recommendation. So in case you're wanting to know, it's a book called uh, Stories That Stick by Kendra Hall. It's a great book if you want to learn how to build a story to better be a business owner. I'm telling you, it's a great book for you to learn. So Brian, wow, great, great nugget. So as we close here, just spend a couple minutes on the next thing, Smoking Foundation, what it is yeah. uh, and, and how people can understand a little bit about what you're doing. And guys, it just goes along with the story just so yeah. well. So this is yeah, great. So, that. Yeah, so, um, so I developed, uh, so I've raised literally millions. I've owned other nonprofits. I've, ra I've, I've raised millions of dollars for nonprofits over the years. I think um, when you and I met, I think I was helping nonprofits raise a lot of money who we end up selling that company to the, to the Olympic, to, to the U S Olympic team, which is pretty crazy. Um, so I, I came up with this idea. Like, uh, I, I started, I had a lot of influence with a lot of, um, local nonprofits and national nonprofits. And I started asking them like, what are you doing about childhood obesity? Cause that's like, that's what I'm passionate about. And they're like, well, we kind of allocate some money here and some money there and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that's, to me, that's the big issue is like, we need to, we need to stop this where it starts. And that's, as I started, I was obese as a child, even though I went to college and played on a baseball scholarship, but I was a fat baseball player. But I was a, you know, I was a good baseball player, but I was a fat baseball player. And I fought childhood obese my whole life and the stress that went with it. So I was like, why don't I just start a foundation? I'm not going to, I don't, you know, I don't, the money, I want the money to get to where it needs to go. And I started this next thing, smoking foundation. And what we do is we help educate people on the dangers of childhood obesity and obesity in general. And you can go to our site, nextthingsmoking.org. I'm not going to tell you about all of our initiatives, but we do college scholarships. Uh, we, I'm out on the streets feeding people plant-based barbecue, thousands of people uh, plant-based barbecue. I donate a lot of food to food banks. And when I donate it, I donate healthy food. I don't, don't, I don't go buy cases of ramen noodles and show up at a soup kitchen with ramen noodles. When, we, when Next Thing Smoking shows up at a soup kitchen, like, there's lines like around the corner, like huge, because we provide good, healthy, nutritional food. Again, cliche, but we actually do based on the story. And it's always barbecue. We do plant-based barbecue uh, around, around Denver. We're starting to, we do Kansas City. We're starting to do it. So that's what we do. But the biggest thing we did, and this is where uh, the business comes in. We also help, we also have an, like an accelerator program um, that helps other people that want to do good, that wants maybe start a plant-based business that wants to start some kind of business that does good it doesn't have to be a food business or anything like that we actually help them one-on-one -on -one. We, we will invest in their company as well um, and we teach them um, a strategy of building a business which i think your users or any small business anybody that wants to start a small business could use this strategy we teach them how to create their story like we've been talking about how to kind of take action and do all these things create a really good offer, all these things, but we teach them how to 10 times that without doing anything different. And the way to do that is start a nonprofit. Now, I know it's, oh my gosh, Brian, if I start a nonprofit, I'm going to limit myself on the amount of money I can make, right? And it's a good question to ask. 
So the question is, let's say you sat down to start a small business. You said, I want to make, if I, if I could make, I think a lot of small people do this, especially if they're working a job. Like if I could make $150,000 a year, all my bills would be paid. I could live fine. If I could just make $150,000 doing my passion, which is whatever it is, like, you know, writing books, showing people how to use cameras, you know, reviewing Jason Kokenzie's podcast, reviewing podcast, whatever it is that you develop a passion for that you can do it. I say, okay, take that same offer, build the business, build it the way it is. Think about launching it. But then before you launch it, think about this. How could your business do good? And could you become a nonprofit, still make your $150,000, but could you also 10 times that to $1.5 million with the same offer, same amount of work, you're still making your $150,000, but could you, do, could you raise money to make a change in the world, right? Or in your city or in your community? Could you do the same thing you were gonna do anyways and also do good, right? And so you, I've kind of reversed the process of the whole thing and I actually show people how to do this. So, and, there, and so the next question I usually get from entrepreneurs, from socialists, because you are from, from capitalists, not socialists, from capitalists is, is Brian, okay, well, if I can make $150,000, what if I wanna make a million dollars? Okay, well, if you wanna make a million dollars, you need to set up your business to make a million dollar offer, but then now you're gonna raise $10 million to do good, right? So now you're, it doesn't matter how much money you wanna make, you can 10 times that if you set your business up the way I set up Next Thing Smoking, right? The way I set up Next Thing Smoking is if you buy a book or you buy a sauce, or you go to nextthingsmoking.org, which is actually a membership site. You can go to nextthingsmoking.org right now, and you can donate a minimum of $50 up to, we've had a donation of $50,000. And you get access to a platform, which includes all my recipes. It includes me talking to you every week. It includes consulting if you wanna consult with me on a regular basis. You donate 50 bucks and you get to access to me, right? And my recipes. So. I just told you that like the entire business plan that anybody, that's like a shortcut that anybody could do today. Like if you have a, if you have a really good offer already, you're set up to do this, to, to figure out what passion for you do better than you can do right now, not just for yourself, but for others. You can still serve yourself and serve others at the same time. It's like tithing, like tithing, the whole, the whole concept of tithing is, you know, give away 10% and keep 90%. I'm, I'm suggesting you sh in business or in tithing, whatever, you should give away 90%, keep 10%. And that 10% could be $100 million or a billion, whatever your number is, it doesn't matter. Don't look at it as 10% or 90%. Look at it as like, this will make your business easier if you're passionate about something and if you want to do good in the world. That's a business model that I think anybody could follow. I've never seen anybody teach that business model. Uh, and I'm really pushing it. That's really what we're, what we're about is not only helping educate people with Next Thing Spoken, but also getting other people that want to go out and do the same, right? Not just about childhood obesity. It could be about, you know, getting uh, human trafficking off the streets. It could be about, you know, um, you're building a local library. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, you can use all these business philosophies and models that we've been teaching on this call and other places and you're gonna just 10 times your process and do better in the world by following that strategy. So that's my, that's my thing. That, no, that's awesome. I, I yeah. appreciate you bringing that to light because uh, you know, one of the things I like about this is that we try to, 
we try to show, if you will, this is a, an overused term to hack into yeah. different things that, that people just don't talk about. I like bringing things up that maybe people don't think about in business and how it's just really to grow revenue in different ways. And, um, and, and, and I love this because it's, and, and you're really nailing the head. You haven't necessarily specifically said this, but I know that you said this and, and guys, you can have anything and everything in the world that you want if you have the mindset of serving other people. Yes. And, and, and I'm telling you something, if you want your business to grow, don't come in the mindset of me filling my pocketbook up, come in the mindset of how can I help other people grow their life? It doesn't necessarily mean their finances or, or health or, or just a combination of everything, but you'll get what you want. I, prom I promise you, help other people. We call it the lesson of reciprocity. Reciprocity, huge lesson. Yeah, so help other people, yep. you'll get back what you want. Brian, I've enjoyed this. This has been yeah, great. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. It's been fun. Thank you Thank for having me. I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but it's been, uh, <clears throat> it's been fun. You, you never know where these things turn. So yeah. I appreciate you jumping on here. I would love to have you in the, in the future specifically. Sure. Well, there's a lot of things specifically that I would love you just to highlight more in the future, but definitely the last, uh, the last concept of nonprofit. I think that would just be something to fan out. You just briefly shotgunned it with us. And so there's probably so many questions yeah. that are out there with everybody. Yeah, uh, you but, still got to apply the same principles that we're talking about. That's right. You can't, you can't just go start a nonprofit and do it. That's not going to like, that's not going to take care of all the steps that we, we've been talking about, right? Which are the same. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right. Yeah. So uh, how can they find you? I know you already mentioned the yeah. next thing, Smoking Foundation, but I know that you have several websites out there. So mm -hmm. what's the best place for them to learn how to get your, your sauces? They yeah. want to get your sauces, so they need to do yeah. that. But tell us all your, your so, points of connection. So let me give you, well, first of all, you can just go Google Brian Rogers barbecue or Brian Rogers or whatever, and you're going to find me. But the best thing to do, I always like to, to lead people. You can go to any social media, but if you go to my name, I'm actually, you and I are approximately the same age, Jason. I'm actually old enough that I actually own my own name.com. You probably do too, because your name's spelled a lot. I have actually a kind of a common name, Brian Rogers. Uh, a lot of people have tried to buy that.com from me because I'm not the only Brian Rogers in the world. Uh, but I'm old enough that I actually own that domain name. So you can go to my name.com, Brian Rogers, R O D G E R S.com. But the best way I think to learn about me is to do that, is to go to brianrogers.com. Um, if you specifically are interested in barbecue sauces or whatever, you can go to foolsgoldbarbecue.com. Or if you just want to get to know me, like my past and stuff like that, um, I run a small investment company. So a lot of my business stuff that's not related to food and kind of this whole barbecue and, and stuff. If you just want to kind of see like, like what I've done over the years and stuff, you can go to my investment company and see my team that works with me as well. Uh, it's snowbandcapital.com. So like the snow band that comes in, it's like, what snow ban means is this giant storm, which is what we've been talking about, right? You have to do giant action. And that's what a snow ban is. A snow ban comes in, puts this giant storm over you, and it's just massive action in one spot, right? It's like this huge snow ban. And that's what the name of my, my investment company is, snowbancapital.com. If you go there, you can see all the companies that I've invested in, that I'm currently invested in, and, uh, and just check me out. And Yeah. That's the way to, to find me. That's Nothing awesome. to really sell. If you find something you want to buy, go for it. If you want to donate, go for yeah. it. But if not, I'll still love you. Yeah, awesome, so, awesome. Yeah. Well, again, Brian, thank you for jumping on here. It has been truly a blessing to hear the, the more details of your story. And I know everyone else, you guys, it, listen, how could you not like what you just heard? This was some 
this was not fool's gold. This was real gold yes, uh, in the world of business. And it was a fantastic thing. For those of you who are brand new, again, don't forget to like and subscribe. If you want to find a great way to learn about business for all of you entrepreneurs out there or for you, you entrepreneurs who want to scale your business, go check out our Facebook group at iteachfreedom.com. That's the direct link, so you don't have to go search all through Facebook. I teach freedom.com, and I'd love to meet you there. More than welcome to reach out to me because uh, I, I love person-to-person uh, -person interactions. So, Brian, thank you. I thank cannot you. thank you enough, and I look forward to certainly chatting with you here in the very near future. Thanks, Jason. Have a great day. All right, thank you. Bye.